0: But I wanted to share here today briefly uh, a little bit of what I brought, just a little bit, the the last little part of what I brought there before the folks. I'm sure some of you have already heard this, but I thought it would be helpful to reiterate it. And uh, the part that I'm going to share with you all is simply some reasons that I gave at that conference as to why people don't pray. Now, I want to make sure that we understand what we're talking about here, because people would say, "Well, I do pray." And uh, churches would say, "Well, we do pray." Uh, but when there are calls to prayer, when there are calls to say, "Hey, we have a problem here, uh, we're facing something that is that is uh, elevated in its nature. the the attacks are becoming more and more ramped up, let's just put it that way. Uh, There is this need to match that with elevated efforts in prayer. And that sounds, that's always uh, something that sounds wrong when you you talk about effort and when you talk about uh, the work that we have to put into something. And we're not talking about effort and work in order to merit anything. We're not talking about that, but you can't read the Bible You can't read the Bible without seeing this This implication of of human responsibility. There is effort. There is an exertion that is required on the part of God's people. And there is a you know you read that in james talking about elijah how he was fervent in his prayer i mean it uses that word it doesn't use that word cavalierly and there is a sense where we want to understand what that means and it doesn't mean that we have to exert ourselves and and get ourselves into a state physically and mentally as if the physical exertion was all that we're talking about i.e. the raising of our voice or the uh, any kind of a expression that we could physically manifest but we are talking about something that is deeply uh intense something that engages our entire soul mind body thoughts focus all of that. And we want to understand what that is, and we want to uh, encourage folks, therefore, along those lines. And so when we when we have these calls to prayer, when we have this call to prayer, when we have calls to prayer in our own church, or with those that we gather with personally, um, I, I put before the people at this conference some reasons why folks typically don't Want to pray or don't, don't pray? It's not that they don't want to, but why it doesn't end up happening. And I'll outline some of those points here with you all. The first point that I brought was one of carelessness. Now again, let's just take a break and think about what we mean by this. Carelessness. What we mean is that people don't care enough. Now, when you look at what's going on in the world and you look at all of the, the ramping up of iniquity and wickedness, there is something inside of every red-blooded Christian that cares and that is bothered by what they see. It's not as if we completely do not care. So then what, what am I talking about? I believe what I'm talking about, at least what I can be an authority in my own life, is that there's just too many other things that come in and take away our eyes, our mind, our focus from, from those things that bother us. So we, we, we are brought face-to-face With the situation, whether it's in our church, in our homes, or in society out there, that we don't like, and it's a call, it's a providential call for us to seek God and to call upon him. It's like the Lord sends these things along our way in order to stir up his people to seek him. But what happens more often than not is that something else comes into our view so we become distracted and this is this is the perennial problem of our age is that it scrolls off of our feed as it were we turn from this that bothered us in the moment to another thing that entertains us and we're constantly therefore shown things or brought into our minds our consciousness that take take the burden away. The burden becomes just very temporal. It becomes very transient. And I think that this is a real problem. And this is why the Lord in Mark chapter 9, in verse 29, when he said, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. I just made the comment that I believe this is why the Lord includes fasting. And I didn't want to get into fasting For this conference, but fasting is simply withholding things that are lawful and legitimate uh, in life for seasons in order to give ourselves more fully to the other thing. And the other thing is seeking God. Seeking God. And so we withhold, let's just say, food, because when we would be giving ourselves to that, uh, we say, okay, we're not going to do that right this moment. We're going to instead give ourselves to the Word and prayer. And that is that is an act where we discipline ourselves and we focus ourselves on the Lord and on the Word. And I just made the comment that uh, fasting is not just about withholding food. It's about withholding anything that can distract us. Um, whether I mean, That may include food. That may include the natural fellowship that goes on around food and, and the, the fellowship and the family and the friendship and the fun and, and all of that. There may be a need to withhold that for a season in order to completely focus on something else. But there is also a need for us, I believe, to withhold the phone for a season and all the distraction that the phone brings I think the phone is probably harder to have a fast from than even food for most people it is it has become so pervasive in our society that and so addictive and there's such a need associated with uh, being in contact or or knowing what's going on etc that It has occupied our minds in a way that very few things have done. And so I've just been encouraging the folks there, and I would encourage ourselves here, as much as is possible, okay? We're not going to be all dogmatic about this, but as much as is possible, when you have these seasons where you're going to just focus on seeking God and say, this is my time where I'm going to seek the Lord, and and by the way the best time for that usually is the morning um early before before the day gets all busy on you but i would encourage you and again just this is just me talking i would encourage you to use a paper bible and to not have your phone with you that's just my encouragement now i've started doing this myself personally um and i have been amazed number 1 at how little i actually need the phone with me and number 2 at how much clearer my thoughts are and i'm sure i'm sure studies have been done or can be done about this sort of thing but i would just encourage you to get into the habit of saying goodbye to your phone for just a, a period of time now for me in the morning it's about an hour and I just have my paper actually I have my paperback Bible with me, which is um which is something that I carry with me. It's easy to carry, so I don't have to carry my, my big Bible everywhere I go. But I just focus I just focus in on the word and prayer. I'm I'm speaking to the Lord usually while I go for a walk and it's the best time of my day. So as much as I love this prayer meeting, <laughs> this is not the best time of my day. The best time of my day is when I'm alone with the Lord, uh, just me and Him, and He walks with me and He talks with me uh, along life's narrow way as the hymn goes. And it's the best thing ever. I would encourage you to do the same. But, uh, so the the distractions, maybe the Lord is bringing in fasting, this this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting because we need seasons where we can say uh, goodbye to some things, seasons where we can do that and not clutter our minds all the time. Second reason why people perhaps don't pray is because they simply don't believe. They just don't believe. Oh, yeah, we need to pray. I need to pray. Yes, I need to pray about that or I think it's good what you're doing. I don't know if we really believe Uh, the the power of prayer. I'm not sure that we do, uh, because if we did, we would be praying a lot more. Well, I know I would. And that was the problem in this passage in Mark chapter 9 anyway. uh, In another parallel passage, the disciples asked the Lord, why could we not cast him out? And the Lord just flatly responded with, because of your unbelief. And he responds to this father. The father is saying of this demon-possessed child, if thou canst do anything, and Jesus right turns that right around, throws it right back him and says, if thou canst believe. The father is like, if thou canst do anything, well, if thou canst believe. And then, of course, the father reaches the end of himself, and he says, with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He just didn't The the problem was a faith problem. And so when you talk to some people, you know that they believe that prayer is a good thing and that they should pray, but I wonder how much they really, how much we really believe that, how much we really understand the connection of our praying to God and what happens on the battlefield below What happens with Moses on the mountaintop with his raising up of his hands affects directly Joshua and the battle with the uh, Amalekites. There's a direct correlation. So he starts dropping his hands and the Amalekites prevail. He raises his hands and uh, Joshua prevails. Direct connection. I don't know if we really believe that. The third thing that I mentioned was simply that um when jesus uh, rebukes the disciples and and he says oh faithless and perverse generation and i just made a comment on that word perverse and i talked about this before so i won't go over all that again but simply to say that the word perverse meaning it's like a crooked something that's not straight something where you're it's just not straight you're you're saying one thing but you're walking a different way it's 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 double And we brought in the passage from James. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. Somebody who is praying one way, but his heart is somewhere else. His walk and his talk don't line up. Um, The Lord is looking for a perfect heart. Perfect. Not perfect in the sense of perfection, sinless perfection, but perfect in the sense of not duplicitous, not divided, not this double-mindedness as we see in James. He wants a heart where, yes, our prayers say one thing, but our heart and our lives are, are, are backing it up. The fourth thing that I'll, I'll mention, I didn't mention at the, the conference, but I'll mention here is is sometimes, I think, it can be um, a problem of pride. What I mean is that in Psalm 10, verse 4, it says, The wicked, through the pride of his co- countenance, will not seek after God. Now, that's talking about the wicked. But there is also a sense where pride, generally speaking, keeps people from seeking God. And you can you can see how this works very practically. Somebody who doesn't feel the need or somebody who is too proud to admit their need simply won't seek after God. And that is why in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, humbling ourselves is the first component mentioned in that verse. Humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, etc. And so there is a sense where pride will often keep us seeking God especially together because when you're in a group I mean we can pray alone and and that is proper we need to pray alone but when we're in a group there is something very humbling and I've found this over and over again there is something very humbling about praying together because you're not just you're not just giving a speech you are Opening your heart to the Lord and really to one another, you're unburdening yourselves and often that comes with tears. and I tell you what, it can be some of the most humbling experiences, not all the time, but there are sometimes in our own prayer meeting at church where I will, I will pray for my own children, you know in their presence and I, I will pray for them and you know I, they know that I love them and I will pray with tears for them it can't be put on and the lord does that from time to time not all the time but i tell you what it is a humbling thing and so i think that sometimes our own flesh and pride can get in the way of us praying together enough said we're gonna go seek the lord now but these were some of the points that i i gave as to why uh, why otherwise good people don't pray